0: Welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to briefly touch on what I would consider maybe the worst uh, performance this team has had in a very long time. Uh, we're going to be talking about some news and notes around the team. We've got our, our standard X new York Red Bull 2 report. We're going to sit down, well, we're not sitting down with him, but uh, we're going to talk to Chris Lima, uh, the first-year midfielder from the Academy, uh, who is starting to show very well, I would say. And we're going to preview the game against Indy 11 this this coming weekend, and finally finish up with USL news and notes around the league. Whew. It's a lot of stuff. I've been adding too much stuff to the podcast, I think. we got we got to trim the fat, maybe. But tonight, speaking of trimming fat, uh, I want to get out ahead of this uh before you know i think uh, other media reports uh, surface but anthony merced is no longer a welcome host on this show i've had enough of his garbage and his garbage mouth and yeah yeah we're gonna leave it at that so in his place oh, <laughs> we've got once a metro zone joe steen hello joe how are you
1: great how are you
0: i'm doing wonderfully <laughs> uh yeah i got nothing else uh good weekend uh, good win by the red bulls over uh some small team in mls right yeah <laughs>
1: var for the win
0: var for the win we also have bill Toomey of bill to me photography hello bill how you doing joe if there was one shot from this game in atlanta that you you wished you would have been there to take what was the shot
2: uh, probably anybody in the stands that was crying. All right. That'd
0: be a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. We got a lot to talk about, so let's get this going. Bethlehem Steel. Red Bulls go to a, a team that ha- was admittedly struggling, uh, before the meeting on Wednesday. They had only won twice against the Richmond Kickers both times. The Red Bulls come in, and yes, there were some, some, uh, additional players that maybe they didn't account for uh the red bulls come in and they laid a a big stinky egg this was a very poor match very little going on on the offensive side the defense was in shambles uh, three nothing maybe doesn't uh really paint the full picture of how lopsided this game was but but things were pretty bleak jostine what did you see that might give you hope and what did you see that that scares you a bit
1: um, I did see some, I mean, they had something going forward when they switched Andrew Gennari to the 10 late in the game. It seemed like they seemed to create a little bit more and Chris Lima did look good again, uh, as far as get, you know, getting forward, getting balls into good positions and, you know, set pieces, you know, every, you put it in some good balls into the box, but mm-hmm. nothing came of it. Um, but not a whole lot that, you know, gave me hope. I mean, it seems like when Tim's teams sit deep against them and counter them, they really get frustrated and they, you know, Bethlehem did that pretty well. Uh, concern for me is, you know, again, just getting caught on the counter because Bethlehem pretty much did that on two of their goals. And that's, you know, and once you get caught, that's it. And guys at this level are going to make you pay. And unfortunately that's what happened on two of those goals.
0: I fully agree.
1: I think, uh,
0: uh a big concern for me right now is still uh the pairing of Hassan and Dom and Jordan Scarlett which worked so well down the stretch last year and is really struggling in year 2 to to kind of find their rhythm it could be you know that they're playing with a number of different players from week to week uh, uh but but something's not quite right something maybe needs a little bit of a uh, uh a boost i don't know They there's something something's going on though and they need help bill Talk, talk me off the ledge. Uh, how is this going to get better?
2: I was going to ask where the defense
0: was, so <laughs> I don't want to help you off the ledge at all. <laughs> would would you p- potentially be the old lady from the Wendy's commercial? Where's the D? <laughs> maybe that's a little it, too it blue. Might get to <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too blue, maybe. When, when's
2: the last team? I mean, the the, the uh, last time this team won, it's been quite some time. We've the last game
0: they of- won. So was against the, the Tampa the, Bay the Tampa Rowdies Bay. in April, oh the first week of April. It, right? Is that right? That is right, yep. Yeah, so it's been rough going. Yes, there were some weekends off there, but but things aren't going very well. I'm not even going to do a man of the match. We're going to skip that. Let's all hope that uh, Wally focuses the team after that, that very poor loss. They figure out a little bit of what's going on, maybe settle into a lineup. Uh, that will have a lot of reps together uh, going forward. And we can forget all about this game later on. <sighs> Moving onward, let's talk about uh, a friend of the show and potentially a uh, megastar for, for the U.S. men's national team in a couple of years, Tyler Adams, uh, reportedly uh, agreeing to a deal to go to Red Bull Leipzig by the end of the season. Uh I just wanna know your guys' take on this, what you think and uh is this the right time for him to move on.
2: It's kinda of sad, you know, considering uh we've been following him up through through uh the team to the first team and kinda of reminds me of Matt Miazga <laughs> Yeah. In a way. Yeah. We finally get, you know, some some good players that come through the system and they always seem to kinda of make their way. <laughs> Overseas, so I, you know, it's it's a good move for him. He'll get a lot of exposure, but kind of sad to see him leave the team.
0: I am too. I'm hopeful since it's another Red Bull uh, team that a system change really won't be too big of a system shock. Justine, what about you?
1: Uh, I feel pretty much the same way as Bill. It's kind of sad, but I mean, you can't help but be happy for him. I mean, you know, he's he's earned it. He's played, you know, he's put in a great shift here with Red Bull in his time here, um, and. I definitely think he's ready for the next level.
0: Okay. Fair. Uh, yeah, Uh, I, I wish him nothing but the best. Now, one uh, issue might be who is going to step up and take his place. A lot of folks around the Twitter sphere talking about Christian Caceres. We've been able to watch him quite a bit so far this year. Do you think he's the guy, uh, that will take his place? And, and is he ready by next season? Do you think? Let's start with you, Jostine.
1: Um, (sighs) I do like what I've seen from him. Uh, when he's uh, Tampa Bay game was a good example of uh, what he's capable of. Uh, I mean, him and Tenari completely shut down Tampa Bay's midfield. I mean, when you have veterans like Joe Cole in there, uh, I mean, completely shut them down. Didn't allow any space. Very little going forward. But I do think he's still a little rough around the edges and does need a little more time. I maybe you know maybe you know he'll get better. He'll get a, so much better as the season goes along with more experience. Uh, do I think he's ready to step into that role next year? Not right now, but my opinion could change by season's end.
0: Bill, uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe, maybe it didn't just been last week. Jesse Marsh talking about Christian Casera says that at his age, he's already further along in his development than Tyler Adams was at that age. Uh, do you agree with that statement and maybe what do you think really needs to improve in his game, uh, for him to be able to step up to that level?
2: I mean, it's really kind of hard to say right now. I think we'll see him develop more as the year goes on, and maybe he'll play a little bit better with the first team too. So it's kind of hard to say right now, kind of uh, in the same boat as Joe Steen. Hopefully by the end of the year we kind of see a, a little bit different results, but I don't think it's a bad thing.
0: Okay. All right, uh, moving on. I want to know, Joestein, uh, since we don't get to talk to you that often on the show, uh, <laughs> who has stood out the most uh, on this squad so far this season?
1: For me, um, it's probably a tie between uh, Chris Lima and Nico Devera. Uh, I've been really impressed. Despite his size, uh, he's been able to really hold down um, – you know, the left-hand side most of the time. I mean, you know, he's done a good job, you know, even though he's kind of muscled off the ball, he's still, you know, on top of the defenders still press as well, you know, still able to, you know, give the, you know, give the attacker a lot of problems. And then Lima, you know, he's come in, I mean, first game he comes in, you know, a great assist to, you know, Bezacourt for the goal. And, you know, his distribution, I really like that he's, you know, a deep lying playmaking midfielder. Uh, and the fact you know he's just able to you know pick out a pass so well really impresses me.
0: Uh, yeah, I fully agree with that. His passing has been very impressive so far. Bill, who stood out the most for you? Uh,
2: hard to say. So Brian White's been pretty good when he's playing up top, and I've liked what I've seen from from Brian White.
0: Okay, uh, for me, uh, this is maybe going to shock the two of you. Uh, it's Evan Loro. Evan Loro has been uh mm. much better than I think he was last season, and he was pretty good last season he's a yeah. lot he's a lot more vocal yeah, that's very true uh and you know, yes, they're drawing a lot of these matches, but he's making some big saves to keep them in and I think that's that's the biggest change for him since since last year is that when the chips are down a little bit at times, especially earlier in the season last season. They couldn't necessarily count on him. He made a lot of mistakes, uh, like paring the ball directly back out to players in the box. And so far this season, we're not really seeing a lot of that. So I think there's a, a good amount of confidence that's building in Evan. And uh, hopefully that just continues to grow because he has a lot of natural talent, but uh, he's got to be able to, to kind of focus a little bit and stay locked in in the games and not necessarily uh, uh, let a mistake or two kind of compound and, and make things worse for him. Uh, All right, and last question before we move on to our ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. In your opinion, and obviously this is completely conjecture, by the end of the season, which player is going to be the one that we're talking about the most? I would say last year, uh, a a bit of a tie between um, Jordan, Andrew Tenari, and uh, Stefano Bonomo. But uh, who do you think that's going to be this season? Bill, we'll start with you.
2: For me, it's Loro, I think, because he's really improved a lot, like you said, that I don't think he gets enough credit for, uh, considering how he played last season and how he's doing so far this year. He's really stepped up in a lot of games, and he's been man of the match for me before, so I'm going with with him. Okay. Justine?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Brian White. Um, I think you know he's going to push Bonomo very hard for that striker spot, uh, the spot up top, and I... I think, you know, when he's been in games, he's gotten a lot of chances and he's put a decent amount of them away. But I also like the fact, you know, he's athletic and he's more athletic than your average striker is. And I think, you know, with that and, you know, with his confidence, if he gets his confidence going, he's going to keep banging in goals
0: with that same sort of mentality in mind i think Amado moreno has a lot of potential to be that guy as well and they desperately need him to get back into form yes he was scoring goals over that stretch where they were unbeaten but drawing uh, but i think he's got a greater potential to help open up the game for the team and he doesn't always necessarily live up to that uh, but i think by the end of the season we're going to see uh, that working a little bit better and hold us to all these predictions guys <laughs> Feel free to reach out to us and tell us what idiots we are Later Especially on Jill. when we're so wrong Yeah I don't mind I'm a little brother I'm used to being told I'm wrong always <laughs> Alright let's move on to our ex New York Red Bull 2 report Although it's, it's really kind of a, a, con- a conglomerate between New York Red Bull 2 and, and Red Bull 1. Uh, Rafa Diaz did not play in the, Sac- in, in the SAC Republic. In SAC Republic's 3-1 win over uh, Phoenix TX. That's not their name. I'm just kidding. Uh, Noah Powder uh, and OCSC were off this weekend. Same with Dan Metzger and Penn FC. Dilly Duca and Hunter Freeman not in the 18 for a 3-0 win over FC Mammoth uh, for FC Motown. Uh, so i don't know maybe they were just ringers for the open cup or maybe they were being rested after their loss uh in the open cup last week to Penn fc which is part of why they were off this past weekend uh david uh Najem ne- is hurt so we won't be hearing from him in tampa bay junior flemings came off the bench played 29 minutes in tampa bay rowdies, 2-2 draw with the pittsburgh riverhounds sort of a uh a stabilization of the free fall that that the Rowdies have been in of late. Brandon Allen, no longer with Bethlehem Steel. We'll talk about this later on. He is signed with Nashville SC, uh, and he should get his first bit of action this week. Corey Herzog and St. Louis FC were off this weekend. Same with Kyle Ranish and uh, Fresno FC. Zach Carroll played, uh, started and played 90 minutes in 1868's 1-1 draw with, oh man, I didn't write down who they who they drew against uh so who knows somebody conrad <laughs> conrad poleva not in the 18 for uh real monarchs 2 nothing win over las vegas city lights fc i probably added city which doesn't need to be there Whew. i can't even when i can't say the names of the teams in usl <laughs> i'm dreading the the foreign league teams that i always mess up week after week they're coming up soon they are yep I'm getting, I feel I'm coming. What am I going to do? Okay. Uh, Sp- <laughs> Speedy Williams started played 90 minutes in uh, Louisville City FC's 2-1 win over Atlanta United 2. Atlanta United has two wins on the season, one against the Red Bulls and one against Toronto FC. Oof. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Fanta, uh played in that 3 1 loss uh, for Phoenix Rising to Sac Republic. Uh, 77 minutes for him and a yellow card in that loss. Carl, we met, uh, started and played 90 minutes in Indy 11's 2 1 loss to Bethlehem Steel, who are uh, seemingly moving on from Brandon Allen in style as they are now uh, winners of two straight. Heading overseas, Zico Lewis did not play but was on the bench in a 0-0 draw versus Irvola <laughs> for FH <laughs> Hafenjarfjardar. I think I did that one really good this week. Uh, Marius Obokop uh, still has not ever appeared in the 18 for CS Luciferal Oradea in the Romania Liga 2, uh, and they won 2-1 over uh, Politehnica. Timisora, I think that's right. Aaron Basilevich and Fremont Amager. Uh, Aaron uh, Arun, jeez, uh, uh, not Aaron Arun. Did not play in uh, the two nothing loss to FC Ruschkild, Uh and the season is over for Fremont Amager. They finished ninth place out of twelve teams. Anatoly Abang and Astra Giurgiu, in the Romania League One, also played their last game of the season uh, in their sort of championship who gets to move on to the UEFA uh, qualifying games. He started and played 90 minutes at left midfield in a one nothing loss to FCSB in the final match. They finished fifth of the six teams in that. Okay. Whew. I think I did pretty good with those names. I don't know why I couldn't make the USL names work. But, hey, we, we, sometimes things go well, sometimes they don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a That's break true. now uh and remember this is a mercedless show now we're no longer talking about him or, troll or free listening free to him troll free zone if if anthony has hurt you in the past feel free to reach out and uh you know we'll, we'll give you a sticker or something uh we're gonna take a break now and then when we come back we're gonna be talking to new york red bulls 2 midfielder chris lima stick around Joined by uh, first-year midfielder for the uh, for the New York Red Bulls, although obviously uh, he came up to the academy, it's Chris Lima. Chris, how you doing?
3: Pretty good, pretty good. How are you guys
0: doing? I think we're doing very well. Thank you so much for coming on. So uh, first, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, what this past week was like for you guys. Uh, you know, I talked to uh, Lucas last week a little bit about uh, you know having that week off. And you know maybe refocusing, and then obviously midweek there was that tough loss to to Bethlehem Steel. So what's the focus been like since that that match?
3: Um. Well, we've been focusing a lot on uh video, trying to get back on back into our our ways. We have we've been struggling a bit these past couple of weeks. Haven't been getting results that we we want. So um, a lot of a lot of the focus has been on video, trying to just probably fix the, the mistakes that we've been making. Um, we've been also uh, changing practice up a little bit, focusing a lot more on the attack, a lot more on build out. Um, just trying to trying to get back to the to the reasons why we were so successful in the beginning of the of the season. Trying to get back to um, to that winning way.
2: And to build on that. What are some of your main goals at, at Red Bulls 2?
3: Um, my personal goals you mean? Yeah. Uh so at Red Bull Two I, I plan to uh develop the system that, that Red Bull plays more than I already have it. So I was brought up to the academy and so clearly we we have the specific Red Bull system that that uh they harp on and so Obviously, going into college, you kind of develop a different system. So now it's just back to getting into the Red Bull system that I once knew and played over in the summer with the with the PDL team, um, developing it to a to a higher degree. Because clearly, going from college or from the PDL team go, and then transitioning into the USL team, it's it's a different level. And then from there, obviously, one of my other goals is just to Continue playing well and developing, and then hopefully making it into the first team at some point. And clearly, that's another another stepping stone. And it's it's harder. It's harder. It's just a different level from there on. And then it's just developing the rebel system even even further than that, and and improving as a player.
1: How have uh, some of the veterans from last year's team, obviously, you know, Andrew Tenari, who you played alongside with midweek against Bethlehem, and other guys like uh, Stefano Bonomo and Evan Laura, have they helped integrate you into uh, back into the system?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, they're all players with not only a lot of quality, but they also um, demand a lot from you. And so every practice, just the the fact that they, they, they demand so much of it, you, you kinda of have to transition quickly and they also help you, uh, along the way. They'll talk to you a lot. Uh Tenari specifically. I I know like during practices or during games, he's constantly telling me play forward, play forward. Doesn't matter if you if you mess up, we'll we'll get the ball back. Like so they they're very they, they push you hard, but they uh they know there's gonna be mistakes along the way and they know that um with mistakes, like you, you'll learn from them. So Tenari has helped me a lot. Evan has helped me a lot um, in terms of just uh, feeling integrated within the team, not just the system. Uh, normal I've known for a while as well, and he's also integrated me pretty easily through the system. Um, so yeah, I mean, all the guys they clearly they clearly like have experience with the system, and they they try to push it and harp it on you, but they also are good guys, and they they welcome anybody that, that that's on the team, even people that are on trial with the team. They they welcome them with open arms, and it's, they just try to push you.
0: Now, a part of that system and, and part of the pipeline that that we've been seeing over the last couple of years uh, is transitioning from the academy and, and up through USL. So, you've been playing with a number of these players for for a number of years. And obviously as you grow and these players grow some, some drift out of the game, some drift to other teams. What's that like, you know, coming up through that process? Cause I think, you know, that's relatively new in the sport in this country.
3: Yeah. Well, um, I remember joining the academy when I was u 14 and it was, it was incredible. We had, we, I don't think we lost a single game that year. And from there, we we actually would look, we actually looked forward to practices more than we look forward to games. <laughs> they were a bit more challenging. <laughs> so that just goes to show how how competitive it is within the academy itself and then without, within the, the different age groups. And then you move players up and it's, it's just a different level. So I grew up playing with numerous players, players that have been on the first team and players that have... Um, now like found a, a different team or went a different way and it's quite incredible how 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 the academy really focuses on basically the style of play of the first which is you don't really see in a lot of other places and so it really it really teach it really like develops you as a player and it also gives you a little edge over other players that maybe haven't haven't seen the system or haven't been really focused on it as well. So clearly, clearly, um, um, a lot of positives from the academy itself.
2: At what age did you first start to play soccer?
3: Around, uh, well, I have videos of me as a little kid just kicking a soccer ball around, but I, I, I didn't really start playing like competitively until the age of seven. playing travel soccer at that point
0: point. and w- when you were coming up in the game like that and you've you've gone from travel into uh, I assume that was you know the next step before the academy uh, what pushed you there
3: well um, I started I started realizing well that uh that there was actually there were actually players that I used to play with I would play against both, uh, most of the players that I played against that just weren't on their teams anymore. And I was kind of skeptical about it, questioning like what it was. And then I kind of discovered the Academy system. And that was just a big, the big hype. Everybody was talking about how the Academy is the next big step in, in American soccer. And so I wanted to be there as soon as possible. And so I, uh, Rebel was the closest academy team I had, and I I tried out, and I made it. And as a matter of fact, if you want to know just how competitive and how hard it was to make the team, I tried out four times for the academy team until I made it.
0: Oh, wow. Wow.
3: Yep. Your 14-year was when (laughs) I finally made my break. (laughs)
0: Justine, that's to you. I'm sorry. I I skipped the order a little bit. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the draft because obviously uh, there was some ambiguity with your situation of whether or not you'd end up with the team and you ended up uh, in, in the MLS draft. You're drafted by FC Dallas and you spent a good portion of preseason with them. Uh, again, I don't mean to keep referencing Lucas's uh, interview last week, but uh, he offered a lot of insight into what it was like to be with the white caps and going through the preseason there and sort of the trials and tribulations. Did you experience a similar, a similar sort of um, uh, experience at in, in Dallas where, you know, maybe you saw things weren't quite working out there and you ended up coming back to, to the red bulls. Uh, can you just walk us through that a little
3: bit? Yeah. So um so when I, got in by, uh, FD Dallas, I was quite surprised because um, in the, in the, I went to the Combine. and the Combine, you kind of have meetings with specific teams and just get asked questions, and that's how you figure out whether teams are interested or not. And I didn't have a meeting with, with Dallas, which means that they, they probably did their homework on me. They mm-hmm. probably went, went to games and had scouts like, see me either over the summer and stuff. So uh, I knew that I was going to be in good hands. And when I got there, it was, it was a hard start. They uh, they played a different style of soccer than I was used to. And after about a couple of days, I fully adjusted, played well, played really well. Uh, actually, Oscar Pereira told me that I was doing exceptionally well. <laughs> actually hugged, tackled and hugged me in, <laughs> after a practice because uh, – scored the game winning goal and thought it thought it was like quite impressive. And, um, and so I thought, I thought everything was okay. I made, I made, uh, the, the preseason trip. I thought it was, I thought it was all looking good. And then, and then I started, I started realizing that during practices, I was kind of being left out a bit, Mm -hmm. And so I started, I started talking to my agent and saying, look, we might need a, find a, a, a plan B just in case. And so, yeah, so he, he contacted Red Bull. I knew Red Bull was an organization that that would fit my style, or at least I could uh, push to to fit the style even better than what I already did. He contacted them, and then a couple of days later, I was told that uh, they had too many signed defensive mid, midfielders already on the team. <laughs> And they, it would be really hard for them to open up a spot for me. So, so I uh, left Dallas and came here. And then when uh, John Walnia got back to me and told me that I was able to, uh, I was going to be able to train with them once uh, they got back from Arizona.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I thanked them. I showed up and started started training over there, and and I made the team. I mean, I mean you can't. You can't ask for anything else than an employee back at home, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Of course. What uh, the the way that you describe, you know, kind of seeing things going south and you know getting ready for Plan B, is that uh, unusual for a a player in that situation, or is that more of a second nature kind of thing?
3: Well, for me, for me, it was kind of like second nature. I've although I have been through a lot of uh, difficult. Parts of my soccer career, because I also went to um, the residency program mm-hmm. uh, for the U17 national team. And so over there, being being there for several months, you obviously see some ups and downs during the lineup. You're out of the lineup out of nowhere. But like other than that, I I never really experienced something like that. So for me, it was like second nature. I didn't really, I wasn't really used to it. But uh, but I mean, I feel like it it, it it probably happens a lot for mm-hmm. uh, players that are in the draft, people players that are in the combine and stuff. Because obviously, it is a hard transition, and these these MLS coaches have a hard decision to make because they have their the more experienced players, and then they have a player coming out of college. So, I mean, yeah. So I guess I guess it's pretty common, but uh, I mean, for a player that that's been through college and hasn't had many ups and downs in his soccer career. It was, it was kind of hard. It was kind of hard at first, but, uh, I mean, it happens.
0: Fair, very fair. Chris, you've been absolutely terrific. Uh, I thank you so much for joining us. We're going to subject you to the lightning round if you're ready. Yep. And, uh, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, uh, it'll be my myself, then Bill, then Joe Steen. Sound good? Okay, Joe. <laughs> uh okay, Popcorn, yes or no?
3: Yes.
2: Star Wars or Star Trek?
3: Star Wars.
1: Fortnite, yes or no? Oh yes.
3: One hundred percent.
0: I think that's that's making a major play through the Red Bulls uh players from what I could see. <laughs> uh Marvel or DC? Marvel.
2: What's your favorite team to play as in FIFA?
3: Real Madrid.
1: Favorite team to watch professionally other than the Rebels?
3: Real Madrid.
0: (laughs) Okay. And last one. Uh, I added this last week, but I, I think it went over really well. Least funny player on the team that thinks they're funny? Um. Evan Loro for sure <laughs> so far <laughs> the two answers were Brian White and Evan Laura, so I think that's pretty good
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright Chris again thank you so much for coming on we wish you nothing but the best of luck this weekend against Indy 11
3: thank you so much
0: and when we come back we're going to preview that match so stick around with our final segment i just want to say chris Lima was terrific guys that was a great interview uh but right now we're going to talk about indy 11 they are 4-3-2 they are 1-2-2 in their last five games they're currently sitting in seventh place their only win in that stretch was against louisville city so who the heck knows what's going on they lost to (laughs) fc cincinnati and bethlehem steel and they drew against both Charlotte and Pittsburgh, not scoring in those games. Uh, their leaders in goals, Ayoz, uh, Jack McInerney, uh, Sunni Saad, uh, all have two goals. The assist leaders, Sunny Saad, has two. Ayoz, uh, Jack McInerney, and Justin Braun have one. We got a former player with Carl, we met playing for this side. Uh, you may remember him from uh, the Romeo Parks incident. unfortunately that like that bit of notoriety i think will follow him and romeo forever Uh, but carl did have a couple of uh, really nice moments for red bull too including a game-winning goal against pittsburgh in the playoffs uh way back in 2015 but anyway i digress Uh, other former mls players slash uh, coaches martin rennie the former montreal impact coach uh, is is coaching the side Obviously, I mentioned Jack McInerney and Sunni Saad, but they have also got uh, Brad Ring, Ben Spees, Justin Braun, uh, rounding up the, the former MLSers. And a former Cosmo, Eugene Starikoff, uh is also playing for this side. They are uh, defensively sound for the most part. Obviously, uh, both uh, FC Cincinnati and Bethlehem Steel were able to break them down, but they, they generally like to to stay compact. They don't necessarily attack uh, with big numbers. They take a lot of shots from deep uh, and have scored off of, of sort of weird situations that that are created when you do that. I'm not necessarily uh, sold on them being a contender in these, but they're certainly solid. They're they're putting up good numbers in their first season, and I think that they can they can give this team a lot of problems because you know we mentioned they like to kind of sit back and absorb that pressure. Uh, and you know, a bend and don't break approach has been very difficult for this team to break down in the past. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had one of those silences in a while. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, all right, who wants to who wants to take a crack at this first? Joe Steen, let's go with you. or Is not Joestein there. Joe, are you there? Did we lose him? J- John, Tom? Who are you? Are you there? Bob? Bob. Bob Steen. All right. I'm going to say that we lost him, but I'm going to try to get him. Back. <laughs> whoa. whoa. Oh, whoa, oh whoa, 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 There he is. He's, he's so loaded himself up to the Matrix. <laughs> 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 okay, Bill, I'm going to make you start then as Joe Steen works out his technical yes. difficulties. Uh, India 11, what do you think? Is this a team that the Red Bulls can beat? Uh, can they get back to their winning ways? I'm and- going to
2: say... Yes. Uh, Reason being is because they lost in the Open Cup to a team from Mississippi called the Brilla that I've never heard of before. (laughs) That's not enough. Mississippi Brilla 1 0 win last Wednesday against Indy 11. By the way, I think
0: think they're the first team ever from Mississippi to win an Open Cup match.
2: Are they part of any league or are they just kind of like Uh, a random team? I think that's an MPSL team.
0: Hold on. I'll look it up. But go ahead.
2: I was going to say, yeah, I think Rebels Two can pull it off against Indy Eleven. Indy Eleven has had quite a rough season so far, and they really haven't had a win since the beginning of May. So so, sorry, Mississippi. They they, they lost the Beth Steel too.
0: Mississippi Brilla FC is a PDL team, not MPSL.
2: So they, yeah, they lost to a PDL team in the Open Cup, and um, I don't know. I'm just going to run with that, and that's going to be.
0: I'm My pretty argument. sure the last time that Justin Braun played a game in Red Bull Arena, he scored a hat trick. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, I'm a little wary of this side because, the, the you know, Joe Stine was talking about this earlier. The team gets really frustrated when uh, teams sit back against them and they're having difficulty breaking them down. And that leads to a lot of mistakes in the back, especially as players are overlapping and maybe getting caught in the break. So th- there's certainly quality on the side that can punish them. Uh, for those kinds of mistakes, and even with Evan Loro playing as well as he had, uh, it, it's it's still a bit concerning. Now, I'll, the other thing I want to know is Evan Loro is undoubtedly going to be on the bench for the Red Bull 1 game if Luis Robles doesn't play. Yes, there's a day in between, and it wouldn't be unheard of uh, for a player to be on the bench for Red Bulls 1 and then playing for Red Bulls 2, but does this mean we might see the de- the debut of uh, a former guest, Scott Levine? It could be. We'll have to see. Joe Steen, are you back on the call now? Nope.
2: <laughs> He's I, in the call, but we can't hear him.
0: There's still. there's no truth to the rumor that I threw Joe Steen off the podcast uh, in the same threw way that I threw uh, Anthony Merced off the podcast. I'm going to proceed like you're not there, Joe Steen. Uh so we're gonna we're gonna talk for you. Yeah, I agree what you said. Uh this team is is very good. They sit back and uh they're <laughs> gonna be hard to break down. Thank you, Joseen. Uh also no truth to the rumor that Joseen and myself are the same person despite our names nearly matching.
2: <laughs> that is true. I've seen and him. your last name is kinda sounds he's, familiar he's much, too, just like his so.
0: <laughs> He's much more handsome than I am, but I've got the gold and he does not, so <laughs> Getting loopy. Okay. Uh, all right. We're going to move on since uh, I'm not sure if Justine is going to be able to get back into this, but uh, we'll keep an eye out for him. Uh, FCC is currently – oh, wait, wait, wait. We have to make predictions. Bill, what's the score going to be? And remember, I, I've been relying on you to provide the accurate uh, predictions this year, so don't let me down.
2: I'm going to go uh, – I'm not going to go too crazy. I'm just going to go with a, a 2-0 win for Rebels too. 2. Planet home. It's been a while since we've had a good home game, and
0: uh, it's been a while since they've had a shutout too. Let's not forget yeah. that.
2: that okay. That's that's true. So that's that's what I'm going to go with.
0: Okay, uh, I I think that's that's probably good. Um, I'm going to say that this is a two-one victory. I think after the way that they played last week, John is not going to let them do that again although you know uh, things have been kind of dicey for a little while i don't think they've looked poor throughout that maybe maybe going forward but defensively they've still done well enough uh to earn draws so i think they're gonna get back to their winning ways i'm gonna call it a 2-1 victory and you know maybe shake off some of that uh poor form in the middle of the season just i see justine joined again joe are you there yes sorry about that hey we got him back Don't listen to this episode. I didn't say any mean things about you. (laughs) I'm sure you didn't. (laughs) All right, Justine. Indy 11, just, just a prediction because we're going to move on after that.
1: Uh, 2-1, Red Bulls 2.
0: Okay. That's the exact prediction that I made. Again, no truth to the rumor that we are the same person, despite having very similar names. FC Cincinnati is currently the leaders in the Eastern Conference. Uh, despite having difficulties winning at home and you know inconsistent performances are they good enough to stay there are they going to be uh the the darlings of the league the way that louisville city was last year or is this just a temporary stay at the top joe steen what do you think
1: um i think they're going to stay there this year um i think you know, they, uh, you know, going to play there is so tough, and you know, it, you know, all they have to do is pick up some points on the road here and there, and they'll probably do that. They're talented enough. I, I definitely think through this year's Louisville, and they'll probably stay at the top ten end the year.
0: Okay, all right. I've been impressed with them over the last couple of weeks, especially uh, newcomer Emmanuel Ledesma. He, there were four goals they scored last week. He had a hand in every single one of them. Uh, He looks like the real deal uh, Argentinian and uh, is sort of a midfield general. And that is definitely something that they have needed uh, so that they're not just a one dimensional team. Uh, Okay. Uh, Las Vegas lights FC. We love them so much to start the season. They got some uh, big and maybe surprising victories. They were undefeated for a stretch. And now the the wheels are falling off. They're headed to the bottom of the table. Bill. Bill is the dream over for Las Vegas? What's going to save this season? Is it Freddie? Adu? do?
2: I would hope so. I mean, <laughs> that, that might be our only hope at this point. They've, they've started off great. And, uh, Flava Flav kind of showed up at a match and it's been downhill since. So <laughs> <laughs> he oh, showed up man. on the match. I forget which match it was, but he was in the supporter section. He's walking around on the field, hanging out. So
0: I don't know. All right, I—I I mean, I was going to blame Flavor Flav for what happened to Las Vegas, but if you're going to go out there and do that, I mean, I can't stop you from doing that. Uh, I don't necessarily think that if Chuck D showed up to the match, do you think that that would right things? Is it because they're not uh, working together?
2: It could be. See right there, you got the answer.
0: <laughs> I will fight the power the best I can. Um, yeah, look, I mean Las Vegas, they have uh, a great sort of atmosphere around that club. There are some good players playing for them, but uh, maybe the off-field stuff is starting to catch up to them and they need to focus on on their the games that they're playing.
2: And they have an open cup match tomorrow.
0: Yes. So maybe maybe get a result there and and maybe build some momentum and they'll get back in the swing of things because I really want to see that team in the playoffs. I'm just going to go out there and say it. All right, Brandon Allen, our our buddy from uh, you know a couple of years ago now. All he played for the team last season. Uh, we were talking about him last week because we were going to play Beth Steele. He did not appear in that match. Uh, we found out afterwards he has been uh, sent to Nashville, SC. Which could be a, a sort of backdoor path to MLS, by the way. But what's going on with that with Allen since he left Red Bull? Is it just you know sort of him not fitting in these these systems that he's going to? Is it uh, work ethic related? What do you think, Joostine?
1: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, last year, you know, he, you know. He seemed you know start off well and then he seemed to just you know taper off and you know not really you know do too much and then stefano bonomo came in and then you know we all know what happened after that um but i mean you know getting moved this early in the season um it really doesn't sig- it signals something's up like something personal something uh, with the training i i don't know but Getting moved this early, I mean, and they just brought you in in the off season. It usually isn't a good sign. So I think it's more work ethic than it is system fit.
0: Fair, fair. I think that there's definitely some truth to that. Maybe there's a sort of um, disaffected spirit after you know his rookie campaign uh, was uh, such a a wild ride, and then after that didn't get a look with the first team and and just hasn't really been the same since uh so hopefully you know it's switching to nashville you get a new environment new players uh, around them but uh you know what he does from here i think will kind of be telling really of of what the situation has been from with him uh good news for uh, usl uh bob williams tweeted today that uh, expansion fees will be going up Uh, We know that they're currently at $5 million, so uh, teams coming in will have to pay more than that. That's a great sign. That I think the league is doing very well. We've seen them get television contracts with ESPN. Well, television, uh, streaming contracts with ESPN. The league is maturing. Is it just because now it's D2, it's got to sort of start uh, playing the part a little bit more or something else? I'll, I'll take whoever wants to answer that. No one. It was the answer to that one.
2: <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> I think they're starting to get more noticed, you know, with having more teams involved. And there's more teams that are joining the league from other leagues. So I think just the word is getting out about uh, all the teams that are joining. So hopefully it kind of continues going in the same direction. And it's always fun to watch the games.
1: Yep. Fully agree. You never know what nice. you're going to see. Well, the exposure on—I mean, you know, ESPN. I mean, you know, you get all the MLS and the USL games if you pay for the, the subscription. So, I mean, no, it's—you know—I it's, you know, I mean, no, no offense to YouTube. I know YouTube's a big community, but I mean, being on ESPN, you know, that's a, that's a big step.
0: Right. It's, it makes it more legitimate. It's not as, um, uh, borrowing words from someone else who had described this to me, it's not as chintzy uh, as playing on YouTube, which. You know, it, it comes off as cheap. It makes the league seem maybe a bit cheap and a bit um, uh, 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 ramshack. I don't know what word I'm looking for here. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is better, to I think, to have it on a platform like that. And one other thing that I think helps, you know, you mentioned MLS is obviously on ESPN+. So people who maybe weren't necessarily paying attention to USL now have access to those games so when you're, you're scrolling through and you're looking what to you're looking to see what you know games are on there's always usl games on during the weekend maybe you tune into those and just see what's going on and check it out and uh, hopefully it'll get some more eyes on the league that way
2: the and other you can also watch okay. four games at once too on the apple tv yes. you can watch four games which it's is really- kind of cool
0: that is very cool. Uh, the other uh, bit of news from that tweet from Bob Williamson uh, or Williams, Williams or Williamson. Oh man. I hate when I do this. The guy sits next to me in the press box too. Uh, it's Bob Williams. So who? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. Uh, the other bit of news that he uh, tweeted out today was that uh, there's potentially a planned intra-league cup uh, between USL D2 and D3 when D3 joins next season. And possibly might include Mexican Division 2 and the Canadian Premier League, which would be awesome. Having a FA Cup-style tournament would be great for this area, and, or for this area, for this country. And uh, it's potentially going to be used as sort of a, uh, a testing ground for kind of pro-rel. Uh, so I think that's really interesting. Uh, thoughts on that, guys? Anything?
1: Having a cup like this, I mean, it only brings more exposure to the products.
0: I fully agree. Before I have a sign-off, I'm going to check the email just to make sure that uh, we didn't get any questions this week. (laughs) We haven't gotten questions in weeks, but you never know. (laughs) I take that as... People
2: wanted free stickers.
0: Yeah, I take that as a sign uh, that we're doing such a great job that uh, no one has any questions. We cover everything so well. Exactly. I'm not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't rock myself to sleep, telling myself how amazing I am every night. I promise. Uh, okay, that brings us to the end of another episode of Raising Bulls. Uh, well, sometimes I start that that uh, outro, and like, I'm ready to go. I'm powering through it today. Uh, I just my mind was ready to turn off. It's not even that late. I don't know what's going on, guys. Summer's upon me. Maybe it's the heat. Definitely wasn't the heat today. Who knows what, what the hell I'm talking today, about? Yeah. It's the rain. <laughs> yeah, it's the rain. it's the rain. The rain. Man, blame it on the rain. I'll blame it on uh, children. Children are zapping my brain energy. Uh, <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at underscore Joe Goldstein. I'm
2: at BillTNJ. I'm at JSTEEN15.
0: And of course, if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And that's on Twitter, as I mentioned. You can also follow us on Facebook.com slash RaisingBulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we keep all of our episodes. You can even write us those emails that we were talking about to questions at RaisingBulls.com. That's questions at RaisingBulls.com. Where can you send emails to? Questions at at RaisingBulls.com. Very good. Very good. (laughs) You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please find us, rate us, review us. It does mean everything. If we start getting some reviews, I'll read those on the show, too. Uh, you say whatever you want, I suppose, but uh, better reviews would be nice. I'm not going to beg, but I am begging also. <laughs> uh, we are part of the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. Every, I feel like every week we're, we're getting new shows over there. Uh, the last couple that I uh, was championing over the last couple episodes, Texas Soccer Radio, uh, Down in the Valley, RGV, uh, Backyard Footy, Foxtrot, that's a, a Fresno podcast, Bethlehem Blast Furnace, Sock Takes, Rising as One. There's just a, a ton of USL podcasts that are uh, making their way to the beautiful game network and you should really take advantage of them. There's some really great stuff out there uh, and great shows that would keep you informed all about usl and all around the league from coast to coast. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsor roughneck scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, usl and us soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneck That's it for today, guys. Uh, don't forget. Um, Oh, I forgot to to say it during the show, but um, Merced Out should be the hashtag that that we're using from now on, guys. Merced Out. We're done with him. We've moved on. That guy and his glasses and uh, stupid New York face. I'll have a sign up at, at the game on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I encourage that. Merced Good Out. Idea. And you know what? Maybe I'll just end that like a, like a pledge. But uh, <laughs> for myself... Bill Toomey, Joe Steen, and Chris Lima. Thank you very much and have a great night. Merced out.